Welcome to Bible Near You, a Bible study program that seeks to shed some light on the Bible and aims to drive the shade of ignorance from the mind of the people across the world. The program comes to you every Wednesday at BibleNearYou.co.za at 1600 South African Standard Time. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and other podcasting platforms. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the content of our show, you can email us at question at biblenearyou.co.za. Now we join our host and teacher, Lungisa Jostri. What a blessed day this is that the Lord has given us that we are able to come together again and to look at the Bible uh, in this uh, awesome podcast, The Bible Near You. We are trying, by all means, my dear friends, to give information on this book of the Bible that we're dealing with. Uh, remember that when we started, we started with the introduction to the Bible. We introduced the Bible. Just an overview. We're not going in-depth yet. The time is coming where we're just going to dive in verse by verse, looking at each book and chapter. But for now, we're just doing an overview, an aerial view, just to give you an idea of what each book contains and what is it about. So we were dealing with the Bible. So we look at 66 books of the Bible, telling you that it has two divisions. It has the Old and the New Testament, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. And they also categorized. So they are all separated in categories. In the Old Testament, there's the law. Then there's history of the children of Israel after they've crossed Jordan. And then there are books of wisdom. And then there are prophets. In the New Testament, there are gospels. There's history. There are letters. the general letters. And they are, there's a prophet. One book of prophecy. So we, we started with Genesis, looking at Genesis as the book of beginnings. And then we went to Exodus and we talked about Exodus, um, marking important events in the book of, of uh, sorry, in the lives of the people of Israel when they moved from Egypt to the promised land. Uh, one of the uh, landmarks in, in, in the lives of the children of Israel was the institution of the Passover when they were in Egypt and about to come out. And also, the, the giving of the law when they accepted the covenant, the command, the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. So those are highlights, but there are many things that happened during their wilderness journey with Moses and with God uh, to Canaan. So now we're looking at Leviticus, and Leviticus happens in the wilderness. They are not in Canaan yet. They are not in the promised land yet. They are still on this uh, other side of Jordan, not inside the promised land, but uh, away from it. So what we hear is that in, in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1, uh, we are told that everything that Moses did here and told the people, God had told him. And we will see that if you read the book of, uh, of Leviticus, you will see Every time it says the Lord called Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation saying, and then it tells us what God said to Moses. So everything that Moses was doing or instructing the children of Israel to do, it was the instruction of God. So looking at Leviticus, let, before we get to Leviticus, let me just do justice. Let me just recognize 
everyone that listens to Bible near you in the previous episodes. First, I'd like to do a special shout out to my brother, Gary, brother Gary Krause. Thank you very much, my brother, for your support. I noticed that the live show that we did on the 11th of November, you shared it and many people were able to see it and some people responded to it because of your sharing. I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you very much for assisting, for contributing, for supporting the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also, I'd like to recognize my brother, Zakes. He's uh, from East Rand. Thank you very much, my dear brother, for giving us a like. You gave us a like on the previous episode uh, when we're dealing with Exodus. I want to say thank you very much. So if you'd like me to mention your name, uh, you can just drop us a comment on this uh, on the show notes of this show, right on the post on Bible Near You. It's podcast.biblenearyou.co.za. That's where our podcast sits in our Bible Near You uh, website. So if you can just... Drop us a comment. I will read your comment and I will approve it if it's uh, worth approving. And also, uh, if you give me a like, just give the show a like, thumbs up. I'll, I'm definitely going to mention you on the show. And also, if you would follow us on Twitter, I would do also. So anything that you do and I get a report back, I will share it with uh, the, the with the listeners on the show. So I'm really encouraging you guys to engage, to give feedback. If you give feedback, I'm going to mention you on the show. And if you don't want me to mention your feedback, I won't. But by default, if you give feedback, I'm going to mention you on the show. I'm going to acknowledge your presence and your contribution. So let's get to it then. Book of Leviticus. The Book of Leviticus gets its name from the Greek. It's Lutikon. Lutikon. Uh, if you read it, uh, it means of the descendants of Levi, of the descendants of Levi. So it documents something or gives us information about the descendants of Levi, particularly what they were meant to do, what God had set them apart for to do. So we're going to be looking at that in the book of Leviticus. So who's the author of this book and when was it written? Well, as Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus doesn't tell us who wrote it. It doesn't. So we believe that Moses wrote this book and that's a widely accepted view. There are people that say, no, it couldn't have been Moses and they state their reasons. But we believe that Moses wrote this book. In fact, when people refer to the law or to the Torah, it's always attributed to Moses. And that's what the Jews do. So we believe then that Moses wrote the book. uh, So we're not going to question that today. Uh, Maybe some other day, if uh, one wants us to take a deep dive into that, we will go and see different views from the evangelical point of view and from the liberal point of view. And if there are any other views, any other suggestions who might have written these books, Well, we'll deal with them. But for now, let's go with Moses for simplicity's sake. All right. So, and uh, it could have been written from uh, between Egypt and Canaan. So in the wilderness, because we know that Moses didn't go over Jordan. He didn't enter the promised land. So he stayed on this other side of the promised land. So the book then was written in the wilderness. And then uh, whoever was the custodian or the librarian of the days, they took it over. 
to the promised land because it was the law for the people of Israel to keep it from generation to generation and pass it on. So what is the message of Leviticus? In the book of Leviticus, God gives instruction on how Levitical priesthood and ministry should be conducted and it gives clear judgment which should befall those who transgress it. The book focuses on how the Levites and the Israelites in general, how should they behave themselves when they approaching the Lord to give offerings of various kinds. It outlines the prescribed diet for Israelites and it gives sanitary regulations for the whole nation and for the generations to come. There are directions there for women's purification after birth and for the circumcision of boys. There are regulations for examination, diagnosis, quarantine, and purification in cases of leprosy and other forms of illnesses. The whole idea of the book of Leviticus is summed in these words, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2. I believe that is the summary of this whole book. Be holy, for I am holy. So it instructs Israel how to live a holy life so that they won't be ruined by the presence of God among them because God was to dwell among them and all these instructions were to help Israel to be able to live with God. So God's desire was to dwell among the Israelites and all the laws which he gave to them were the means to enable God to dwell among his people and to protect them from the glory of God which was to consume them should they be found with fault. And so we come to the outline of the book of Leviticus. So from chapter 1 to chapter 6 verse 7, chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 6 verse 7, we see the law of offerings and its general instructions that are given. So if any man among you wants to give an offering, he must give this kind of an offering. So it just tells us about those people who wants to give offerings. What should they do and what types of offerings and where should they get the offering? And then in chapter 6 verse 8 to chapter 7 verse 38, there we learn... There we learn of the law of offerings, but specifically for the priest, how the priests are to do the offerings. How are they supposed to do the offerings? And then we learn uh, that they are like burnt offerings, grain offerings, sin offerings, trespass offerings, and peace offerings. So instructions for specific types of offerings. And then in chapter 8 to chapter 10, we learn of the priestly ministry. So the consecration of Aaron and his sons, the beginning of priestly ministry. And then in chapter 10, there's a tragedy there. Something terrible happened. Uh, the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, they brought a strange fire before God. And then a fire from the tabernacle came out to consume them. Let me show you here. Verse 10, If you, I'm reading from the King James. It says, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. 
And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So that's what happened. Why? They brought the strange fire. I think by my understanding here is that God lit his own fire. So God started the fire. The only thing the priest would do is to kindle the fire. Keep it burning. Don't let the fire go out. So God had his own holy fire. Hence, when they came and they brought this strange fire from the Lord, the fire of God came and consumed them. So you don't offer a fire that God has not commanded. I think it's a lesson for us also in this day and age that we don't give strange worship to God. We don't worship God as we do, as, as the pagans do. We don't worship God as other nations worship their gods. We worship God the way that God tells us, according to the instruction that God commands. I mean, if you if you highlight here in verse 1, it says, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his sense and put fire thereon, the incense uh, and, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. The fire that God did not command. So it was not only an abomination, it kindled God's wrath and it, they were burned right away. It was a warning for everybody. Don't ever assume that God loves a particular thing. Don't ever assume that God loves a type of music. Don't ever assume that God likes a type of sound. We need to find out from the scriptures how are we to worship the Lord? How are we to sing and dance before Him? They are kind of acceptable dances and they are unacceptable dances. They are kind of acceptable songs and they are unacceptable songs. God has preferences. And so God destroyed these guys because they brought this fire. I mean, they were doing the offering. They were bringing incense. And you would think that fire is fire, man. Come on, what's wrong? No, God had a kind of fire that he wanted, not the one that they brought, which they made themselves. So even when it comes to salvation, we don't save ourselves. We don't come with our works. We are accepted before God through the work that is completed on the cross of Calvary through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So the sacrifice that is accepted, the offering that is accepted, the righteousness and the level of holiness that is accepted before the sight of God is the one that is worn for us by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So this is it here. Don't bring strange fire before God. It's a good lesson. I'm sorry I dwelt on that, but I felt that I should. So as we proceed with the story here, we learn also then the proper priestly conduct and the completion of the day of day's ministry. So how they started then, how they end the day. So everything that the Levites needed to do, it was written down. They didn't have to figure out on their own what they should do. There were instruction. You just follow the book, follow the instruction. So, and then in chapter 11 to chapter 20, we get the regulations. That's where we get the dietary laws, what they should eat, what animals they shouldn't eat. Uh, laws pertaining childbirth, leprosy, cleansing, bodily discharges. So it's all sanitary laws. 
uh, uncleanness due to dead animals, sexual immorality, uh, that's like from fornication, adultery, all the way to homosexuality. It's listed here. And there are various types of laws and various types of penalties for um, penalties for all these kind of laws, um, if anyone breaks them. And then chapter 21 to 22, we get regulations for the priest. Chapter 22, we verse 17 to 33, we get acceptable offerings. God is specifying what types of offerings he wants offered to him. I mean, God is very specific. God knows what he wants. And I repeat, God knows what he wants. And then we learn from uh, chapter 23, the weekly and annual feasts. So the Sabbath, the Passover and unleavened bread, uh, Feast of Weeks, Trumpet, Day of Atonement, and uh, Feast of Tabernacles. They are all listed in chapter 23. So everything is listed. You don't have to assume how it was done. It is written there how it should have been done and why. So it's not come up with our own things here. Uh, just like that ridiculous idea that people come up with that the priest had a, a chain on his ankle when he goes to the Holy of Holies. That is rubbish. It's absolute nonsense. And they say, oh, but you don't understand the tradition of the Jews. Yeah, we don't preach the tradition of the Jews. We preach the word of God. If you read Leviticus, as I said earlier, Leviticus chapter 1 Verse 1, it says, And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, and then he gave the instruction, God gave, and God said nothing about the chain and the, and the ankle of the priest when he's going into the Holy of Holies. Read the book of Leviticus from chapter 1 to the very last chapter. God said nothing about a chain. It's not in the law. If it's in the tradition of the Jews, it is not in the law of God, and they may have practiced it in the times where the Ark of the Covenant was no longer in the temple. There is no command, nowhere. There's no suggestion here that there was ever a thing like that commanded by God. So there's a difference between the tradition of the Jews and the word of God. Different between the tradition of the Jews and the commandment of God. And Jesus was accusing these people, as Isaiah was saying, that you are teaching for doctrine the commandments of man. You've made the word of God of none effect. You're praising and upholding the tradition of man, the Jewish traditions, more than the commandments of God. God had a commandment. If the Jews put a chain there, that was not acceptable. That means the presence of God was no longer in the temple because that priest who came in with the chain, he would have died. He would have died because of the chain. And whoever would touch the chain from the outside of the tabernacle will also have died. So now, going, going on with uh, the outline here. So we're looking at uh, chapter... Sorry, I lost my train of thought here because uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> so we're looking at chapter 24. We've seen in chapter 24, the various, uh, there are various laws. So the tabernacle instructions, law regarding blasphemy, seventh year, Sabbath, uh, and 50th year, the Jubilee. Uh, there's redemption of property and persons sold out of poverty. So if someone is poor and they cannot support themselves or they cannot support their family. God had a law 
that they should be able to sell their land, but at some point they will receive it back to them. So it's it's not sold indefinitely. It's more like it's leased. So it will come back again. So there were laws protecting people's properties. There was justice in Israel. I mean, there were laws protecting women. There were laws uh, covering all sorts of uh, injustices and cheating that could have been done against the poor, the widows, the orphans, and foreigners. And God protected all those people. The law of God is just, man. It's very, very just. And then in chapter 26, we learn of blessings and curses. So all that pertaining to obeying and disobeying the law of God. So God gives this that you be cursed or you be blessed based on whether you obey or you disobey the law of God. So we must be very, very careful here when we read. And then redemption of property in chapter 27, it's redemption of property and persons dedicated to God. So there will be people dedicated to God and there's, there was a way uh, for redemption as well. I mean, if a person offers him or herself to God, they would not be killed and their blood shed because they are an offering to God. But an animal instead will be offered on their place, but they will be dedicated to the service of God indefinitely till the day they die. Just like uh, Samuel also, there was a case he was dedicated to God. So he served God for the, from the beginning to the very end of his life. So we come to the end of this brief overview of the book of Leviticus. Leviticus. So my dear friends, I'm so glad that you guys joined me. So I encourage you to like our page on Facebook and also follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter following, by the way, is zero. We have no followers on Twitter at Bible Near You. So be the first follower, my friend. I'd really appreciate that. And also on Instagram. On Instagram, we have a few followers. I think about 24 of them. And I follow everyone. We follow everyone who follows us. So we've got 24 followers and we're following 24 people. So be uh, next in line of being followed by Bible Near You by following us uh, on Instagram. And the handle is at Bible Near You, Bible Near You. Even our Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the show or the content of the show, or you have a question or suggestion on a topic that you'd like us to treat, well, you can email us on, on question at Bible Near You. So my dear friends, I'm really, really thrilled that you are here. So please have a fantastic weekend. Once again, my name is Lumisa Jostri. Goodbye.